Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast number 68, the UK's digital TV and technology show, the show that's driven by feedback from you. My name's Carl, and with me today is our tech guru, Pete. Hi there. Forget the Wii and the PS3, the future of gaming has just landed. First, here's a look at what we'll be talking about in today's tantalizing take on technology. Google Plus goes public. Do you plus? BT Vision gets a facelift. One more Freeview HD channel on the way. Please turn over. Here's a new ebook reader. Plus your questions on CAMS, O2, and French Freeview. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast. Now loading. News. Headline time, starting off with Freeview HD. Next year we could be in line for a new HD channel. Currently there are four HD channels on Freeview, BBC One HD, BBC HD, ITV One HD and Channel 4 HD. Ofcom has identified that a fifth channel is possible on the HD multiplex and bids are currently being offered for that channel. The smart money is on Channel 5, although they've already said no to a Freeview HD channel in the past. The channel could be on air as early as April 2012. If you're looking to get yourself a Freeview HD box, note that Tesco are selling one at a silly price of £27 on their website. Link on our show notes. Next, ebook readers. Amazon has announced three new Kindles. There's the entry-level Kindle at £90 and then the Touch and the Touch 3G. These have a touchscreen, are smaller and lighter and have a two-month battery life. Amazon in the US has also announced their 7-inch colour tablet, the Amazon Fire. Although the Fire has an impressive price tag, just $199, the bad news is it looks like the Amazon Fire won't be coming to the UK anytime soon. Next, digital switchover. Well done to the Oxfordshire area for a smooth transition. We've now hit the halfway mark in the UK switchover process, with 17 million homes now fully digital. Still to go, London, the south of England, the northeast of England and Northern Ireland. Now, do you get your broadband from TalkTalk or your mobile phone service from 3? Well, if you do, congratulations, you're with the most complained about providers. Companies getting the fewest complaints are Virgin Media and O2. That's according to the Ofcom complaint stats for April to June. Next, iPhone news. The long-awaited iPhone 5 announcement, Tuesday the 4th of October. See the news section of our website for details of the latest iShiny from Apple. And finally, have you ever forgotten your PIN number? Well, we've all been there, but there are times when it can be quite costly. Plans to revive the first British satellite for its 40th anniversary came a cropper when it was revealed that no one could remember the code needed to get the 40-year-old orbiting Prospero to wake up. Such a shame that the good old post-it note wasn't around in the early 1970s. Thanks, Pete. For more on these stories and others, visit frequencycast.co.uk slash news. Frequency Cast. Now loading. Focus. 
So before we launch into what we're talking about in today's show, Pete, just tell me, uh, what's this satellite thing all about? Well, this is a little bit of British history here. When all the countries were launching all their satellites and starting space programmes, we got involved, and in 1971, we launched something called Prospero X3, which was our first British-made and British-launched satellite, and it made us only the sixth nation to get in orbit. So who was the first? The Americans with Telstar? No, back a little bit further. Sputnik for the Russians. Bless you. So the full story here, this launched in 1971 and it was officially deactivated in 1996. But the signal was still audible 10 years later, as long ago as 2006. Now what they're trying to do is revive this and get it going again. But the problem is everyone involved in the project is no longer with us and they couldn't find the paperwork because the department has been disbanded. The good news is, on the back of a piece of paper at the National Archives office in Kew, they have found the magic pin number. So later this month, it could be the 40th anniversary reviving this satellite. Well, this sounds like it's all for nostalgia. I mean, a 1971 satellite, what's it going to do? Send us the BBC in black and white. Now, if anyone's interested, it is apparently able to be received on a certain frequency. Now, shall we just give this a try? Get my scanner out over there. Uh, the frequency is 137.560 megahertz. Go on, then, let's give this a go. Get my little scanner out here. Here we go. One, three, seven, five, six, oh. This is the BBC. No. Sounds like they're broadcasting in squelch. Indeed. Right, on to the main part of the show, Cole. Now, a few of you have been in touch asking about this one. The first one out of the trap was Matt Finley. On our Facebook page, and he says, Can you do a feature on the new gaming service called OnLive, which is now up and running in the UK? As I feel this could be a life-changing advancement. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, when it comes to gaming technology, I don't really... Well, this OnLive is actually something a little bit different. And if you're into your gaming, or to be fair, even if you're only into casual gaming, this actually makes a pretty good alternative to some of the more regular consoles. So there's a PS3, there's the Xbox, and of course the, the ever-faithful Wii. Well, the difference with this one is all of the work, all of the gaming stuff, is actually on a server at their end. What? So it's more like an arcade then, yeah? You're going to an amusements online. Yeah, something along those lines. It's actually called cloud computing. Now, you can use this service on a PC or on a Mac or with this dedicated control box that you can get. And the beauty is the spec of your machine doesn't actually matter because it's all being run on their service. Now, the advantage here is no queuing for your games... No massive downloads. Uh, when the game needs patching, it's patched once at their end. You don't need to download loads of patches. And you don't need expensive game-playing hardware. The only factor is actually the speed of the broadband that does make a difference. Now, the service recommends you have at least 2 megabits per second as your download speed, but it's actually suggesting up to 5 megabits will give you the best experience. And how much do you pay for this great experience? Is there a little box on the side of your computer, you know, put your coins in here? They've actually really thought this through. Now, this service is actually free. If you want to play it on your Mac and on your PC, signing up to the service is free. And from that, you can watch demos and various trailers and the like. And you also get free demo play, typically something like 30 minutes of a gameplay before you have to put in any kind of payment. They've actually sorted out a very good idea for the payment method. Now, rather than buying the game and owning the disc, you can either rent it in its entirety for life or you can rent it for just a three-day or a five-day pass. So hold on a minute, this is like Blockbusters online, isn't it? The other thing you can do is sign up to what they call the Play Pack, which for $6.99 a month gives you access to a fairly hefty range of games. So about seven quid loads of games as opposed to, what, 30 quid for one game? Not a bad little system. 
I'm still not convinced we need it. Is the gameplay just as good as the Wii and Xbox and things like that? Or are we talking about some sort of old-fashioned Space Invaders-style graphics have come back? Time to find out. We're about to stop the recording and pick it up again a little bit later in my lounge. Right, hold your hand out. Will do. What the... Oh, hello. Well, this is a bit like that... um, What was that TV service? The Mac one. You know, the little box. Apple TV. Yeah, you're right. You're quite good at this, aren't you? This is small. It's actually quite slick, isn't it? It's quite heavy. I like the uh, black finish to it. Does it only come in one colour? It does. I'd say that's about the size of a three and a quarter inch hard drive. Sort of smaller than a paperback, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely, yes. And it's got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six, seven, eight sockets on it. Let me just run through the sockets. Two USB sockets on the front. Uh, On the back, you have an HDMI socket, an AV socket, which is used to connect to the controller, an audio socket, optical audio, and an Ethernet socket, as well as a power socket. It's not very thick at all, either. It's only about a centimetre high, isn't it? Maybe that's two centimetres. Indeed. Right, let me hand you the controller. This looks like a PS3 controller. We've got two uh, analogue joysticks there. We've got uh, XYAB shuttle thingy-bobs there. Um, And you've got two trigger buttons on the front side. This is very similar to the layout of the PS3, but but very slick. Yes, nice little controller. It is wireless. It does have a USB connector, which you use for syncing up to the controller in the first place. Uh, otherwise, it is a completely wireless device. Right, let's get going. Just talk me through what we have on the screen, Carl. Oh, right. Okay, so we've got around the outer screen, we have lots of images of gameplay, it looks like. And then in the center there, there are nine squares. Uh, arena, profile, marketplace, my games, friends, brag clips. Don't know what they are. Last played, uh, showcase, three new. Uh, oh, guess that's three new games. And in the centre there, you've got the logo. And it's all very slick. I love the way this powers up. Okay, first of all, profile is where you set up your user account. My games is the games that you've purchased. Friends is your online friends. And the games last played. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to go into Marketplace and see how easy it is to start playing a game. So I select Marketplace and press A. Okay, so it says there, just for you, UK, get your first game for only £1. There's a good starting price there. Um, It's coming up with a load of other adverts on the top box, but that's not too distracting. Okay, well, I'm going to go into genre. Now, Carl, we've got some choices now. We have action, adventure, casual, puzzle, indie, family, racing, role play, shooter, simulation, sports or strategy. Take your pick. No, I'll do uh, I'll do racing, actually. All right, so it's now given me a list of all the games that we've got. I'm actually going to suggest this one here, Dirt 2, because I was playing this earlier, and it's not a bad one to get you started. Are you ready for a bit of racing? Always. Hurry up. I'm in a hurry. So we have an option for a 30-minute free trial here, or I can buy the game for £9.99 or rent it for three days for £2.99. But let's just go into the free trial. Okay, you're off, Carl. You ready? Yep, here I go. Whoa, 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 come on, come on, come on, come on, you didn't need to do that, come on, come on. Oh, right, gosh, right, yeah, I found you're the really good at this, aren't you? I found the walls, I found the walls, there's the walls. I've almost seen the crowd there, that's superb, oh, here we go, oh, it's good. I'm surprised this thing's still going, the poor little thing. Oh, there's a puddle, let's try the puddle. The puddle looks fun. Hey! Oh, look at the water splash on that. Good graphics. Well, well, well. Oh, she's nice. Hold on a minute. Let me just oh. stop here for a minute. What's her name? This is very responsive, actually. I can see why they give you fine tuning, so you can actually uh, make it respond to your uh, desire, as it were. Because this is this is actually quite crazy how responsive it is. It's tiny little taps to the um, the joystick to give you. I'm getting in the hang of it now. Right, slight change of scene. We've just loaded up Borderlands. So just uh, describe what you're doing now with the controls there. Uh, well, I can move around left and right. Uh, I can change my view so I can move around to, to look up or down. Okay, so shoot them up. Here we go. We're having a real fun now. 
Okay, so I can use things to hide behind. It's quite good. The reload seems to be something I'm not very good at at the moment, but it's good. I like it. Fancy trying something different? No, I'm shooting this guy now. This is great. Uh, you're out of ammo, my friend. Oh, that's no good, is it? I'm going to die. Let's just leave it at that. Right, we've given up with the shoot 'em up and we've now loaded a classic here, Lego Batman. How are you getting on with this one? Oh, this is far better. Oh, I like this. Hold on a minute. Robin's getting beaten up. Let me go and help him. I love this Lego stuff. This is just great, isn't it? Oh, B to thump him. Oh, B to thump him. Oh, right. Thanks for telling me it was the wrong button. Okay. Hi behind Robin. Come here. B, 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 B. There are. Those again. I like the rats running around. That's really awesome. You're on a white circle and it says press B to pull the lever. B to pull the lever. Here I go. I do like the Lego stuff. This is just so comical. I'm going in there. I don't know what I'm doing in here. Um, hold B. Hold B. Will do. Let, let me take over. Go on, I'm, I want a quick go. I want to show you something here. Right, I now need to use my grappling hook. You've done this before. I have done this before. Oops. There you go, with your grappling hook. Now, the interesting thing is, can I get additional controllers for this? You can indeed. It supports up to four. I need to jump up. Right, okay, I'm on a balcony now. Now, this is a cool bit, right? I'm going to go around here. And I can use my batarang now. Right, and I target the enemy there. Got him. Now, I'm going nice. to press that button there. What's that? Uh, it looks like a record button. It is, and you'll see why in a minute. So what do you think? Fairly smooth gameplay? No judders? No no lag? No judders, no lag, just like on the Nintendo Wii, really. It's as if you are just playing a normal gaming console. Excellent graphics. I love the way you don't have to go out and buy things as well. There you go. The other good thing about this is you can save your game, go and play on a PC, or come back to this, or unplug this and go and plug it in somebody else's telly. This is storing everything on the cloud. Now, do you know what? I didn't think I'd say this, but I think this is the future of gaming. It hasn't quite finished yet, though. Let me just get you back to the main screen. First of all, I should tell you, it also supports voice chat, so you can do a headset, so while you're playing, you can talk to other multiplayer users. Uh, solo play or multiplayer game, obviously. But this is the clever bit. I'm going to get back to the main screen here. Here we go. Now, if I look in Brag Clips... Oh, right, yeah, I remember Brag Clips. Right, if I press play on this, does this look familiar? Good grief, you've recorded your gameplay. <laughs> and so you can brag to other online users, I'm guessing, and let them see your gameplay. What it does is it records a 12-second snip of what you were doing. Now, what I can do is I scroll down to here, share to Facebook. So that's straight to Facebook, and you can share your proud moment with people on Facebook. I'm not too sure about that bit, but uh, the rest of it I love. Now, this is the really, really, really cool bit, though. It's come out of that. Back to the main menu. Here, Arena. This is nice. Well, it seems to be a screen full of lots of games on play. What we're actually looking at is people playing games now. 5x5, five five, 25 picture-in-picture -picture type games. See, right in the middle is a guy parachuting. If I were to click on that. We're watching a guy called Alex24T, voice chat enabled, listen only. He's flying a parachute, yeah? This is actually him playing in real time from his computer or console now. And if we want, see, there's one other spectator. We could chat to him as he's playing, or we can rate him jeers or cheers. I love the way you zoom in and out of each uh, game. Here we go. This is flat out two. Choco Mad Brain is driving a Chernobyl lorry by the looks of it. It looks like a smash em up. It's uh, like a stock car race gone wrong. What else is this? Uh, oh, let's try that one there with Batman. That's a different Batman, though. That's not the uh, Lego version. Yeah, this is a proper Batman first person job. 
not bad graphics. It looks a bit superimposed, actually. There, I'm not sure the graphics are terribly good. This is uh, Batman Arkham Asylum. Well, I'm, I'm endlessly impressed. I only have one question, and this may ruin the uh, me being impressed. How much is all this costing me? To look around and to actually use the service is completely free. Paying a game, you can go for the rental option, as we were talking about earlier, or you can buy the game outright. If you want the controller, 70 quid. No, it feels more expensive than that. This feels like it should be at least 120 for the whole package. I think what they're doing is they're making it nice and cheap to make it entry level, so people are, are keen to go out and buy one of these. It connects by Ethernet. The slightly frustrating thing is it doesn't connect direct to Wi-Fi, so uh, you either need an Ethernet cable to your router or you need one of those home plugs that uses the home's mains wiring. Right, okay. But I am impressed. I, I, this is far better than I thought it would be. So there you go, 70 quid for the newest games console out there, the On Live. And what we'll do is we'll put a full-length version of what we've uh, just been playing with up on our site if you're interested, as well as links to Carl crashing a car. You know what, that wasn't that bad after all. I kind of enjoyed it. I think that might be the future of gaming. And, and to me, actually, it makes more sense that you buy all your games online as opposed to uh, going down the shop. It's a bit of an antiquated system, really, going shopping for a gamer, isn't it? Well, next up, we are talking about an online service. We're talking about Google+, Plus, which is, of course, the rival to Facebook. It's been an invitation service now for a little while. We've been using it, but now they've opened it up to a wider audience. So, Carl, do you Google+. Plus? I've heard of it, but I haven't played with it. Okay, now one of the big problems I found, I've been on Google Plus for a couple of months now, and we have a frequency cast, Google Plus, but we're finding it very difficult to actually find people. Let me just show you the interface. I'm doing this on a smartphone. Uh, what do you think to the interface there? It looks a bit basic. There's only five icons. Um, we've got streaming, huddle, profile, photos, and circles. So Huddle is where you can all get together and share stuff. And Circles, if you go into Circles, you can see all of the different groups. So you might have a circle of friends, a circle of colleagues, a circle of listeners. And there's the few people I've got signed up. Not that many you can see there. No, that's not very impressive for you, is it? I've got loads of Facebook friends, but not that many on Google+. Now, it sounds like Google is ramping up their effort. And what they've announced is they're closing down 10 of their services to free up staff to go big time on Google+. Ah, so they're sending out more footmen to make sure the combat's better. That's about the size of it. So they have announced as part of what they're calling their fall spring clean, fall being the American autumn. Not F-O-O-L then. Not April Fools, no. So they're having a spring clean and they're ditching services like Google Desktop, Google Side Wiki, Google Notebook and Google Web Security to free up resource to get Google Plus really out there into the mainstream. We've also just heard that the developer APIs for Google Plus are out, which now means third parties can come in and start making applications and add-ons and the like. Fantastic. Just before we leapt into the studio, we put out a quick tweet to find out how many of our lovely listeners out there are indeed Google Plusing. And uh, not a particularly positive response there. Paul Gulliver says, do I use Google Plus? No. Scott McSweeney Rober, I think that is, says, I use Google Plus, but it's getting quieter and quieter. Select Performers says, hey guys, are you on the big G Plus? I've been using it for a few months and love it. Most of my thoughts are about Google Plus on Google Plus. Okay. Paul Stone says, uh, not using it, but I'll have an invite if you've got one. And James Dunford says, the quality of posts and of the people I follow is of a highbrow level on Google Plus. I feel I should wear a tie. Oh, I see. So it's an upper class service, is it? I see. We only speak the Greens English here. Also, Mark Webb says, no, I won't be using it. I didn't even get an invite. Obviously not a regular party goer. Right, Carl, what's next? 
Actually, well, talking about Google and Facebook, uh, let's talk about BT and their facelift. Ah, uh, yes, BT Vision, the on-demand TV service by BT, as we reviewed a few shows ago, has had a bit of a facelift. And if you switch on your BT Vision box now, you should notice the old layout has gone and a new one's come in. It's still got the icons on the left-hand side, and there's a BT Vision logo on the right, so it's all worthwhile. Just a quick summary of what's changed. The menu backgrounds used to be transparent, but they've now gone to a grey colour. The on-demand menu has a new entry called Box Office, Some of the bugs, particularly the pre-padding and the HDMI lip-sync issues have now been resolved. It's now easier to delete bulk recordings and also the main menu has a new Try This Games and Messages menu option. Well, it sounds like a well worthwhile facelift to me. Now, are you going to tell me about this new um, thing for your handheld Nintendo Game Boy style thingy? What's it? What is the latest one? This is the Nintendo 3DS, the first 3D games console that you don't need glasses for. We covered this a few shows ago. Uh, unfortunately, it's not selling very well, and Nintendo have dropped the price and all sorts of things to try and stimulate sales. What we've now found is they're about to bring out this thing. Just give us a description of that, Carl. Well, it's like an extension hand thing, really. It- goes around the base of the unit where all the control functions are but it increases the size of the actual handheld part and it kind of docks into it doesn't it it's a bit like a, a molded piece of large plastic got two uh, what would you call this a soft pad joystick thing i think they're called the analog sticks and effectively what you've now got is the one that's built into the console the left analog stick and a new right one which is apparently better for things like first person shoot 'em ups oh i see more convenient gameplay Hi there, I'm Susie Perry from The Gadget Show, listening to Frequency Cast. So next, talk to me about the next generation of e-books. Uh, we had the Kindle, we did the Sony one, I like the Kindle the most. Uh, what's going on with Waterstones? What are they trying to do? Waterstones are desperate to get in on the action. They've realised that books are beginning to die out, and of course their sales are being impacted, and more and more people are going on to e-book readers such as the Kindle. They will be launching their own, due out in spring next year. No idea yet on the price or how how it's going to work but they have apparently been looking at what Barnes and Noble do in the US they have a thing called a nook and a cranny and apparently when you go into a Barnes and Noble store you can actually read books for free while you're in the store on their product so that could be something we see coming to uh, Waterstones next year so they're making the money by selling coffee what I would say while I'm here talking about ebooks I'm going to have a quick rant if I may can I do that I've never stopped you in the past in fact you've never stopped in the past who's this chap here Alan Partridge ah Well, his autobiography, I, Partridge, will be out by the time you hear this. Now, I've got my tablet device in my hand here, and I've dialed up the appropriate Amazon page. Now, if I wanted to buy the physical paper copy of his autobiography, how much would I be paying for that? Well, that would be uh, £10.19, please, sir. Right. Now, what if I wanted the e-book version? Now, bear in mind, there's no printing, no paper, and no postage. How much would I be paying for that? That would... Oh, hold on a minute. No, that's not half the price. That's more. That's twelve ninety nine. Good grief, why? Yeah, surprisingly, £2.70 odd more expensive to get the electronic version than the paper version. Uh, cash back for Partridge Publishers, methinks. Yeah. Right, would you like an air swimmer? Obviously, who wouldn't? Hold on a minute, I'll get my trunks on. I'm just going to go to YouTube and show Carl a video clip. Tell me what you're looking at now. Oh, how cool's that? Yeah, do you know what? I've seen these. Right, okay, so these are like those airships that you get, which are huge helium filled balloons with motors on the front uh, but these are better still this finding nemo meets uh, bruce fish are friends not food now how cool is this there's a shark swimming through their living room this is amazingly cool a remote controlled inflatable shark or clownfish 
Have it swimming around an office building. Fantastic. He's cool. I like that. The lift opens and one of these fish just swim out of the lift and the look on the faces of people here. That, what are they now? Uh, now they're in the uh, underground or on the subway. There you go. So would you like one of these air swimmers? I think there's a lot of potential here. You can have them swimming outside a swimming pool. They, they should put them in a swimming pool environment. That'd be quite funny, wouldn't it? Well, then, how much do you reckon for one of those, either the shark or the clownfish? I reckon they're about 50 quid. Yeah, not too far off. 40 quid. That's all they are. The only downside is you have to buy helium to keep them up in the air. So it's going to cost you to keep this thing inflated. But how cool. Air swimmers, I do like the uh, the tail action. The tail is actually uh, motorising and goes from side to side. If you're interested in looking at this video clip, it's about uh, one and a half minutes long and we'll stick it up on our show notes. Right, so um, just out of interest, what are we going to discuss in the next show? Well, we're opening this up to our audience to uh, give us some guidance. We've had two suggestions. Nicholas Skippings has got in touch, and he says, in the next show, could you please focus in on printers as I'm looking to replace my current printer? So, listeners, if you're interested in some of this... Please get in touch. The other suggestion that we've had in is from Martin Lawson. He says, Pete keeps sneaking in references to amateur radio. I've no idea what it's all about. I did some binging and it looks interesting. How about a focus, guys? What do you reckon, Carl? Amateur radio? Well, yeah, but I won't be able to make that show, unfortunately. Oh, unless, of course, it's not the next show. So, either printers or some of this. Yeah, from Golf Bravo 9-0, Mike Zula X-Ray. I can talk to people all over the world. I can operate systems that involve the computer, linking the computer to the radio. And now that receiver capability has improved, it is now within nearly anybody's capability to receive a signal that has been bounced from the moon. I mainly at the moment operate on two metres and also I use my local repeater which is GB3DA. So, the choice is yours, but I do urge you to go with the printer option, just so that I can attend that show. Or maybe you don't want me to attend it. Anyway, get in touch the usual ways, uh, details at the end of the show. Frequency cast, now loading, interaction. Well, good stuff, it's interaction, time for feedback and questions. Uh, the first one we have is from Darren Nay. Uh, he has the HTC Desire S on O2. And at times, he has noticed that he gets a weak signal. Uh, his sister, who has an iPhone on O2, gets a full signal, while my Desire S only has three bars. Any thoughts on this, Pete? Well, we've had a look around online, and it seems a small number of other users have had similar problems. It's mostly with Wi-Fi as opposed to 3G, from what we can tell, but there are some reported drops with the Desire S. A few sites are reporting an iPhone 4-like death grip. Do you remember that issue where if you held the phone in the wrong place, it wouldn't work? Oh, yes, and they gave you a little rubber sleeve to uh, prevent your hand going over their receiver. Well, nothing firm on what to do about the Desire S, but, of course, trying a case worked for the iPhone 4. It may well work for you there, Darren, to solve the problem. We've heard nothing official from anyone, but if anyone has one of these phones and has a similar problem or knows anything new to tell us, please get in touch. Yes, please. And now we have a podline call about topping up Freeview. My name is Mrs Emma Collier, and I want to find out where I can get a subscription to top up Freeview, but I don't want to have to buy a little box because I've already got the slot where I could put a card in at the back of my TV. Hi there, Emma. Many new TV sets have what's called a CI slot on the side of the TV, and these accept something called a CAM. A CAM? Is that an abbreviation for a camera? 
It's actually the abbreviation for a conditional axis module, this little metal thing that slides into the CI slot. And what you can slide into that is a subscription card. Now at the time of recording, the only thing you can use one of these cams for, slotting into your CI slot, is for ESPN Sport. Currently there are some plans afoot for cams to be able to support Sky Sports 1 and Sky Sports 2, but at the time of recording they're not available. If you do want one of these cams to get ESPN, take a look at the link on our show notes where there is an offer on getting a cam for ESPN. If you want to top up and you want something other than ESPN, your best bet might be to take a look at the BT Vision product, which gives you on-demand TV as well as the Freeview channels. Uh, next, we have one from Kathy Wynn. Because of the conflicting information I'm receiving about my query, I thought I would call up my experts. The simple question is this. Will a PVR bought in England to work with a Freeview in England work in France to pick up the French digital services? I'm thinking in particular of the Humax HDR Fox T2. Well, first off, it looks like a UK Freeview receiver should work in France for viewing the basic standard definition channels. It seems that the interactive service may not work, and neither would HD, due to the MPEG-4 software that's loaded onto the box. There's also a good chance that the electronic program guide might not work either, which is obviously not ideal for a recorder. Oh, before we go, uh, how are our bugs doing? You're referring to the last show where we looked at geocaching bugs. Let's find out. Frequency cast. Geocaching. Bug news. Well, we've released two bugs into the wild, haven't we? We gave them a bit of jam and off they went. The first one was discovered by Indy Walker, and the bug has now moved to London, and apparently it's on the W19 bus route. So it's taking the bus, is it? As for the second bug, any guesses where that's made its way to? Well, I doubt that's so independent. It's a younger bug, wasn't it? Rhone Alps? In France? Is that right? Yes, our bug has travelled 726 miles. How's that? Do you know what? I've seen more of the world than I have. On my tablet, look at this picture. Oh, it's a, that's actually a picture of our bug on a windowsill at Lyon Airport. How cool is that? It says, The frequency cast bug is watching planes on the tarmac at Lyon Airport. It won't be staying here as it's got to go back to the UK. So thank you very much to Chippy White, who recovered this bug from the Newport Pagnell service station. It's been to Leicestershire and uh, other places in South England, and now it is in Lyon, about to wing its way back to the UK. Right, when it gets back, straight to work, because that is year out. Bug, we're proud of you. Carl, how do people get in touch? Uh, you can leave us a voicemail by calling on 0208 433 or text us on 07882 043521. Anything to say? Get in touch. We look forward to hearing from you. Frequency cast. Shutdown in progress. Well, that's all for this show, show number 68. For news updates or to get in touch, please visit frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for FrequencyCast. Thanks for listening to our tantalising take on technology. And if you like what you've heard, please spread the word. Frequency Cast. Shutdown in progress.